Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Natty Scene. It is me and wonky-eyed George this evening. <laughs> I can't to... actually get these to sit. They're not sitting at all, these, tonight. Uh, turn your head yeah, there. Be. Yeah, so I'll have to just got... do it like this, innit? <laughs> Walk around like this. World's <laughs> worst blue light blockers on his face. And, you know, desperately needs an RA Optics discount code. So if anyone yeah. is from RA Optics and wants to give the Natty scene a discount code, we'll happily take one. You know, we're not we're not really asking for one, but we'll happily we'll happily take one. Because like George can sort of look like less of a look like less of a construction site worker in these in these updates. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so this week it's back to me and George. So for anyone that's concerned with the algorithm that we're following on these podcasts, it's gonna be a pattern of one with a guest then back to me and George, then back to a guest, back to me and George. So we've got some cool guests lined up for the next sort of couple, two to three podcasts. And we're going to be bringing on some people that have done really, really well this year in natural bodybuilding. And then hopefully throughout next year, we're going to start to bring on people that are going to do well. And we'll talk about their preps and, and what they do differently and things like that. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool. It's going to bring it back to basically what it was before, but having two Two natty minds at play and, until George is not natty anymore, and then uh, have to throw off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was just watching um, that video actually. That you put. Up. I haven't finished watching it, but um, I've watched most of it. I watched the bit when you sat down in your in your garden or whatever, and you talked about you talked about the uh, the dirty dark side. Yeah, and I'm get, mate. Honestly, I'm looking for the comments. Yeah, obviously get the good stuff, but that never sticks to you. It's always the negativity, and I've had so much negativity. People coming to me saying, you've got shit genetics, you this, you're that, this is the worst decision you're ever going to make. I hope it goes wrong. I'm seeing some crazy bad... I'm thinking, Christ, like, relax a little bit, you know? Mm. Like, this is my decision, my thing. I don't ask you to watch my videos. I really don't. And no. it's just... I don't get like, if I don't like someone, I won't watch them. I've never commented anything negative ever. I no. just simply won't watch it. But people out there just like want to bash me all the time. And I think, why bother watch? Like, why bother watching me if you're just going to slate me? And I'll put, I don't know if you've seen any of my Instagram. I just mentioned that, you know, it, it got to me tonight because I'm yeah. the missus isn't here right now. I haven't really got no one to talk to. And it just kind of got to me. Like, normally I'm quite strong with that side of things. Sure. Um, and I just brush it off. But after a while, when you see comments every single day, and I mean every single day, yeah. it starts to fucking wear you down a little bit, mate. Not going to lie to you. But I don't want to keep it miserable and all that. I want to be positive. Ah, mate. I think people um, appreciate when, when, when we open up and talk about things that aren't necessarily sunshine and fucking rainbows all the time. Like, it's all good saying, oh, my week was perfect, blah, 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 blah. You know, because it's not like that. Like, even for the people, like, behind the scenes who put up the front on Instagram saying everything's perfect, so their their lives aren't perfect. And if anything, sometimes they're far from it just because they're they're putting up that front half the time, you know, that everything is, is amazing. But in terms of my opinion on it, mate, like, reality is, like, half the people commenting just don't understand bodybuilding. And the reality is there's actually a lot of IFBB pros that didn't ever have the best genetics and they've just got there on what you have, which is work ethic. Like I'd, I'd get it if you didn't have the work ethic and people were commenting, why are you doing this? You don't have the work ethic. hundred percent. I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. What a fucking stupid idea, you know? And I'd, I'd be really trying, like, I have, like I, I've worked with people. I don't have many on my books at the moment, but I've worked with people that just 
I would say, why on God's earth are you looking to go down that route? Because they can barely mm. adhere to a diet. They can barely adhere to steps, cardio or anything like that. And you're a robot when you come, when it comes to that, mate. So, you know, eventually going down that route, you will, you will get what you want. I'm pretty fucking confident of it, to be honest. Um, it's just a matter yeah, of time. That. Effort, effort always gets rewarded, mate. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just, yeah, ignore it, fuck them and all that. But it's, it's sometimes really hard to do it. It really is. Yeah. It really, really is. But no, I appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. It does. Should we dive into how weeks have been? Let's start off with yourself. Okay. How sure. has your, your week been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a pretty standard week, to be honest, for myself, apart from the fact that today we picked up a dog. So, yeah. got Barney as the new member of the family. I'd get him on the camera, but he's, he literally has just gone to sleep and we've spent the last hour and a half trying to like calm him down because he's been just like running about. He is toilet trained, but at the old, obviously the old place that he was sort of being breeded yeah. at. So he doesn't know where the door is. He doesn't know how to get out. So he's peed on the floor like a few times and <laughs> all the regular things yeah. that a puppy does. But he's he like he won't harm a fly. He's so sort of like kind and just loving and uh, yeah, it's gonna make a big difference I think to like just day to day life because it's it's good having a little little dog around. Um, it will be a big dog soon, but it's good to have like some something around that you can sort of you know have conversations with and you know you feel like you're talking to someone when they're not replying but you know they when you when they know when they know you well and you know each other well you can kind of feel like you're having a conversation with a pet so and that's something that i've really really missed and you know i had obviously i had a westie from like the age of i think 11 or 12 up until i think he lived 11 years he wow. he passed away he passed away about the middle point of my prep actually no 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 no. he passed away like very he passed away i think before my uh, birthday in 2017 so there that was really rubbish um Mm. and then we we got obviously dougie who's a labradoodle got him in 2017 later on and he was in a lot of my check-in photos when i was pretty close to shows and things like that um so he was a puppy he was a puppy when i was going through the sort of the final phase of prep which is a bit annoying to be honest, because like when you'd want to bond with a puppy, I was like, I was done and I was all like out of the house all day. And, you know, he wasn't old enough to come on walks. And by the point in that prep, I was out power walking. So I'd been dragging him around like a little dog. So, um, and unfortunately I didn't, I bonded with him quite a bit, but not enough as I should have done really. And my mum was looking after, looking after him the majority of the time. Um, and then obviously when mum passed away, I couldn't, no one really could look after him that much. So we actually gave Dougie to a next door neighbor really close to us. So ever since then, I haven't had a dog. Um, and that was mega painful. Like, I don't, I don't think I ever discussed that. I don't think I ever did because no, I didn't know that myself. No, quite frankly, I was actually kind of, I must admit, I, the honest feeling that I felt when that happened was I felt really guilty. I felt a bit embarrassed yeah, yeah. as well because I was like, fucking hell like like can't even like take care of a dog but the reality was like at that time it was just me and my dad living living at home and you know uh, he was a very difficult dog by that stage he bonded so much with my mum he was like becoming very resilient to us 
Um, not in a not in a harmful way, but in a way that you know it was very hard to get him to behave. So he thought, you know, the best option was to give in to some people that basically knew dogs inside out. Had I think one or two other dogs that he could get on with, and I I've, I haven't seen him that much, but my dad sees him occasionally because he's literally like just round the corner, and my dad sees him occasionally, and he, he's super like he's a super happy dog, like going on holidays with them and stuff like they go caravanning and stuff so he's having a much much better life which is yeah massively important like it makes me feel a lot better that he's doing that but yeah at the time it was very disappointing to be honest um but um but yeah so dog is in the building um and uh yeah gonna be gonna be cool during prep because by the time we're in the prep stage and we're doing lots of steps he'll be a big boy and he'll be wanting to come with us all the time so That'll be fun. Um, the rest of the week, in terms of training, I uh, went up to Prophecy Gym on was that Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. How was that? Maybe it was Monday. It was all right, mate. It was all right. So, like, you walked in and it's sort of a bit like it's basically a lot smaller than Ultra, Ultra Flex, and it's on like you have cardio upstairs in sort of a very like weird sort of like locked away area at the top um like normal amounts of cardio equipment nothing crazy but you can't see the gym from the cardio equipment so if you were like doing steps or doing treadmill or doing stairs or something all you'd see is like just a small tv i wouldn't see the gym i like when i'm doing steps to see people training yeah because it's way more interesting than just yeah looking at my phone i love (laughs) watching people train or like seeing the environment of the gym and that's what I love about Ultraflex is that the, the treadmills are all lined up at the top. So when you're warming yeah. up, like doing the treadmill or whatever, you can see like I can see like Cuba pulling over there and um and like you know, someone doing something in the corner like pressing, it's like it's really, really good, it gets your mind in gear. So that was a bit meh. So if anyone's looking to d- design a gym, get the cardio up the top so you can see the shit. And kit wise. We did legs, and it probably wasn't the best option to train legs there, so I blame Christian for that. And it was, like, the leg extension and the leg curl from Arsenal Strength were fucking appalling. Like, they were so bad. Like, some of this Arsenal Strength stuff is not good. Like, to the point where we sat on the leg extension, and the range of motion, or the resistance profile, should I say, was, like, no tension at the bottom, so you couldn't feel anything at all. And then... As soon as you came into the mid-range, you'd hit like fucking sand or like concrete, so it wouldn't move at all. And then because of where the seat was positioned, you could barely like get full sort of like, you know, like a full-on 90-degree angle to like lock out yeah. and contract your quad. And by the time you got there anyway, the load was absurdly heavy, so you could barely even get like a full contraction. And then in the stretch position, you're getting nothing because there's no, no, no load there. So it made no sense. And I was like setting it up well and everything and you know christian's just like a very strong leg extender like he he can i think he can do like you know i do the top level of the prime leg extension i do that stacked yeah you can do two fucking full rows stacked on a leg extension the very strong leg extender hence why he's mm. got awful knees um <laughs> so yeah like le- a leg extension and the leg curl weren't great the hack squat have you tried yeah, Arsenal strength hack squat before. I have. Yeah, I fucking hated it. <laughs> That's what I, I fucking hated it. That's what I said to him. He was like, "Oh, we'll do the hack." I was like, "Oh, fucking hell, here we go," because it's a bunch <laughs> of shit, isn't it? 
Like the real yeah, you, you literally bang the bottom, don't you? Yeah, bang. The amount of times you used to bang the bottom, oh, like Christ, you just bang throw you right off. <laughs> it sounds cheap as well. Like that hit on the floor just sounds like you're about to spat the break it or something. Does you off when you bang the bottom? Yeah, it does. It throws me off so much. <laughs> just bear, I just think, what's the point? Oh, what's the yeah, point? Bang the bottom. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you only just fucking got that, oh dear, <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> a bit slow tonight. That. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's like the pins. So, when I was warming up and I did bang the bottom, I, I was like, Chris, like, can we set the pins any lower? And you can't, so yeah. you can barely get under, uh, barely get sort of below parallel. Um, so what we did is we, we looked at Hollingshead's videos to see where he had the sled, like the, the, the foot position, because you can change it massively. So Hollings had, had it quite high. So we put it like pretty high. We got a little bit more knee flexion than we had earlier in the warm-ups, And then we reverse banded it so that he could, Christian could be safe with his knee. Um, and he just basically like, he rinsed into me about eccentric control because I have a habit of like, from back squatting, I have a habit of just like getting into the hole and trying to get the fuck out. Um, so we did like three second eccentrics with the reverse band and that actually felt really, really good. Uh, after the session, I, I could say like categorically, I was like, okay, I've really, really hammered my quads as opposed to some sessions where I like bomb dive it a little bit. Sometimes I'll come out of the session and be like, hmm, maybe haven't stimulated my quads as well as I could have done kind of thing. Um, yeah. Not that my form's ever awful, but maybe I could have a little bit more eccentric control than I have at the moment, maybe that would like stave off some, some niggles as well. So something learnt there. Um, yeah. Leg press, have you tried the Arsenal strength leg press? I don't think I have. No, I haven't. No? no. That was all right. That was all right. So they had they had two there. They had sort of their single leg one and the, the dual leg one. So we did the dual leg and it was pretty good. Um, felt all right and felt pretty smooth. Didn't have any issues with the range. Could get really, really deep actually, to be honest, with the, the way the, the, the plate, the pad was curved. You'd probably get yeah. like balls deep on it because you can get balls deep on like a hammer strength one, which a lot of people can't do. Your like ankle yeah. mobility is mad, um, and hip mobility really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, and then what else did we do? We did a vertical leg press, which was all right from Arsenal strength. Very, like crazy, like hamstring stretch though. Felt like it's going to tear your hamstring off. The only way you felt that on the vertical leg press is where it feels like your hamstring's going to be ping. I felt really. I felt loads of my hips really. Like, just, I think obviously foot placement and all that. Yeah. Take take that into consideration, but it just, it just feels ugly. It just yeah. feels really, really ugly. That. Yeah, I'm not um, a good sure. movement when done right. Yeah, I don't know how how much I'll be able to load it up if I really went for it, kind of thing. I know JP mm. is like a huge fan of vertical leg pressing. Like, it's like if you've got one, do it. I'm like, fuck me, like, if I loaded that up, I'd need, like, some pretty good spotters to be able to take it all the way there because I'd be fucking scared yeah. of really getting pinned underneath it. Um, the Arsenal Strength Adductor and Abductor is probably some of the best, one of the best I've ever used, though, and I've used a lot of adductors. Um, I've yeah. used, like, Nautilus. I've used a Cybex Eagle one. I've used the Life Fitness ones. This was probably one of the best in terms of actual, like, connection with the movement and being able to progress it because I was only at three quarters of the stack for a rest pause set. And on most adductors, it's just like, oh, okay, straight to the stack then, which is just a bit yeah. of a pain in the arse really for anyone that's remotely yeah, adductors. Um, that's how I injured myself. 
yeah, and ping the Fucking yeah, just just getting that first, just getting in the position and just ping my hamstring that I did the other week, which is annoying. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, so that was good. It was like a two-hour drive there, two-hour drive back, and training legs like wasn't the best for recovery, <laughs> as you. Oh no, definitely not. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm like the rest of the week is training-wise, it's been mm, such and such like highs and lows. Push was probably like one of the work, one of the best workouts I've had in quite a while, and I rated it like eleven or twelve out of ten. I think you know the session where just everything feels good. You feel good. The focus is good. The, yes. the the pump's good. Everything was good about that session. Um, and I didn't hit like crazy, crazy PBs, but I hit some like really, really good numbers and touched some new weights, so to speak. Because I felt like in the mood just to like put a bit of extra on the bar kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the day I called out that Rainer, Rainer trainer boy. And <laughs> so I was a bit, I was a bit angry. And oh, yeah. That got all a bit out of hand, to be honest. Like someone, some people sent him some horrible messages, and I was like, "Look, I'll just delete some of the ones that are pissing off people." Because some people were sending him like horrible shit, and like at the end of the day, like I thought, you know, what he's doing behind people's backs and being like derogative and like demeanoring about people and like calling out people um, indirectly is rude. So I thought, yeah. like, I want to sort of let people know what he's doing. Um, and Jordan did eventually find the post, as, as you saw. I sent this, I showed you what he said. Um, I think actually Jordan made a smart decision because he told me he removed the comment afterwards. And I was like, to be fair, it's probably a bit smart because, like, at the end of the day, it's like running a business, and like, you know, it's probably not the yeah. best to, to call people pricks. Mm. <laughs> and then, yeah. You know, and then just like, just to see what happens. But, yeah, you know, when you're calling out people and like you're gonna get hurt by someone at some point. But yeah, we went a little bit too far with some people saying shit. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then deadlifts were just a bit meh, and when deadlifts are meh, the whole session is ruined for me, to be honest. So stay uh, it. <laughs> like for some reason at the moment, like I don't know about you, but there's some times with the deadlift where I just can't get my start position right. Like where wherever I wherever I am on the floor, it just doesn't feel like I'm in the right place. Um, yeah. And my upper back either rounds or you know my like my hips feel tight and I just can't sink them right. Mm. And then other other times when you warm up, you're like fucking hell, this is this is going perfectly. Like everything feels on the money. I can pull big today. Um, and I've not had a, a single deadlift session like that for for a while. And I talked afterwards with Cuba and he was like, you know, like you probably need to give either start giving yourself more rest between sessions or just like, you're going to have to pull out the squat or you're going to have to pull out the deadlift. Like you can't do both now. You know, you get, you're getting like 200 kilos for reps on both. You're not going to be able to do both mm. at the same time. You know, so it's sort of like, I'm going to yeah. have to make that decision now as to which I, which I really sort of lay my focus on. So that's, that's fine. I'm, I, I, Obviously, for now, I want to focus on, I think, the deadlift because I can replace the squat with plenty of like other movements that kind of mimic it, that do the same thing. And that actually saved me a lot of like neurological and sort of systemic fatigue. Like the moment, like all the time I spend putting on the fucking Romelios, putting on my knee sleeves, putting on my belts. Like I spent like, mate, honestly, a squat session, an hour of that session is just squats. I'm like, like this is, this is, crazy amount of time in the gym for one movement 
So mm. tomorrow I'm training legs with, with Danny and I'm going to see what she needs to do. But um, I'm thinking of either doing the hack or the Smith um, and just seeing how I get on with, with either one of those. I've seen Cuba do the Smith recently and it, it looks nice. It looks like good with the heel. We've got uh, all the prime the wedges, the squat wedges. Yeah. So if you want, just use one of those, keep my vibrams on, strength shot knee sleeves and just see what I can get on, um, on the Smith. I think stimulus wise be able to probably even get a better stimulus as I'm not having to worry about stabilizing the bar, um, which is fuck probably ruining my nervous system a little bit as you know, you, you will, or you are kind of experiencing in your own training a little bit. Um, yeah, have to re- we're going to have to rejig your programming at some point because George's lower back loading is absolutely like, mm. it's it I'm, I'm, that's what I'm starting. That's what I'm starting to notice now that like right now, like I did the barber HP yesterday and my love back is still not recovered and I've got deadlifts tomorrow as well. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. not, I, I've noticed uh, with me. So the first kind of six to eight weeks I've been in the off season, everything was flying, you know, 10 kilos added to some particular movements, five kilos on like a, a pressing movement, which is rare. Now I'm getting to a point of where like this week has probably been my worst week of training in terms yeah. of progression, recovering, like my legs are not recovering as well as what they used to. I'm sore in my lower back side of things. Like, and yeah, weights just not progressing as well. Like you've probably seen that I tried to do the 60 kilo OHP the other day. Yeah. Tried like, like, like <laughs> yeah, I tried it twice cause I wanted yeah. to get it. And like the week before that I was doing 57.5 for a set of six or seven. And I thought right this time I could get at least uh, maybe a triple, maybe four. And I didn't even get it once didn't even get it once and then I go and drop the weight down to 55 and then I get like eight or nine and that was like a PB I've not, I haven't done that in this run yet and it's just yeah, yeah really frustrating uh, but I'm definitely running into to uh, especially I've reintroduced the barbell row now so that's more lower back load than I did yesterday uh, yesterday yeah um, and I'm deadlifted I'm still not recovered um, so yeah I'm definitely gonna have to with it definitely gonna have to rejiggle a few things now because um, I'm picking up a few knocks little, little injuries and stuff um, and I don't want to be that guy that just fights through it and want to be a hardcore bodybuilder because I've tried to do that in the past and it just bites you on the arse. I want to be that smart individual now where, where I say, look, right, this is going wrong now. I'm going to make the, the change instead of just fighting through and pretending that it's all okay. Um, so we'll, we'll speak about that for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm noticing that, especially this week in terms of my training, it's like either stalling or some regressions or just, I know that something needs to change. Yeah. Um, and I know, especially with today, I've noticed on some particular movements, especially with, because I because I know we were in a competition with the narrow grip dumbbell press. did the 42s today. And I just lack that stability, which those 42s require. Yeah. And I know that the food that we've introduced this week, I know just a little bit more body weight and it would just feel a lot more better. But right now I'm going through a phase of where I'm lifting some weights and it just requires a little bit more cushion yeah. around those areas to make it feel a little bit more better. Even with the squat, I know I just need a little bit more cushion in places and it'll just feel absolutely money because still to this day, my upper body, especially around like my delts and my traps, it's, it's fatiguing. I'm just in there holding on to this bar like in life because my upper back is fatiguing before my, before my legs. You can see it immediately when you walk it out. You can see the difference between someone who walks out a barbell who's heavy and like has stability to someone that is not and is quite lean like when you walk it out it just looks like it's fucking all over the place 
and you just can't yeah. lock in and stabilize that bar. It's no, it's not your fault. It's just you don't have enough enough sort of body fat there, really. And like you said, cushioning is a very good way to put it. You just don't have enough of that at the moment. Yeah, uh, I know that will come with. T- I'm not stressed too much on some particular movements. But I'm now getting to the point of where I'm getting stronger and I want to focus on particular stuff. But I know like tomorrow if I wake up sore, my, my lower back sore, then, you know, I've set, I'm not going to set myself up well for this deadlift session tomorrow, which, you know, I'm already thinking about days and days ago. Um, no. You know, you think about, especially with the deadlift, you think about it. For like, for like, like, I'll be dreaming about it tonight. Um, Mate, I know it's so bad though, isn't it? Like... Like oh, it's just so bad, but I I I I think about it as well, like so much. Um, like I'm I'm thinking about whether I'm smithing or, or hacking tomorrow, and I'm sorry, I'm thinking about both. <laughs> I'm like, what would I do if I hacked? What would I do if I smithed? Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it plays on your mind a lot, and I find that when you when you know that it's there, like you know that the, the preparation for the session is there, and everything's going to everything's in line it's perfect and you feel good and you know you know the warm-up's going to feel good those are the sessions which make you the most nervous because you know you've got to capitalize on that that day because those days don't often come around that often where everything is perfect you know um Mm. and you know the pressure on those days is sometimes quite quite overwhelming and it's like it's deadlift when it's quite technical at the bottom Mm. do you ever think about it too much to the point where it just takes away like yes like for me I, I sometimes think about too much that I actually get too nervous and I've just ruined like the whole set yeah and then there's me trying to think like I did that a couple of weeks ago with a deadlift that I completely fucked up my top set and I was like right I'm just going to take like 20 seconds break, break uh, rest and I went straight back into it and got an extra two reps just to make kind of make up for it and I was like, and I finished it. I was like, why the fuck did I do that? Because I've just buried myself completely just by overthinking it, overcomplicating it, getting nervous, and then not getting what I want, then taking a little breather and then going back into it like 20, 30 seconds later where I've just fried myself completely. Um, yeah, that's the worst. I think sometimes we just overthink it and I should just go into the session, just get it done. Because like, sometimes I'm spending, like you mentioned about with the squatting, like warming up, I'm spending like, 45 minutes 50 minutes just on on a, on a deadlift movement and i'm thinking do i really need to spend this long deadlifting oh, like see other people in the gym they just fly they've done like four or five movements and i'm still on the same movement and i'm thinking oh. do i really need to invest this much time into a deadlift yeah and yeah. i don't know i, I don't this know is, this is this is this whole sort of argument like um stimulus versus fatigue and it's a real thing like you're not just building up like nervous system fatigue and you know muscular fatigue when you're doing a movement but you're building up neurological fatigue because you're in the gym for longer you're in that sympathetic driven state for longer the more we start thinking about these movements the more we start stressing about whether we're going to pull big the more we start thinking about whether we're going to swap squat big what do you think you're doing what acts what axis do you think you're activating when you're in that position in your mind it's a sympathetic driven state. And if you're thinking like I had one client, this is a true story who couldn't sleep at all, like had ridiculous insomnia and I knew what kind of personality he was. So I was like, I was like, what are you, like, what are you doing before bed? And like, what are you thinking about? Like what's going on in your head? And he was like, oh, I'm just, just thinking about like the, the next session. And I think that's what's disturbing my sleep. I was like, no shit. 
you're just like you're never you're never you're basically you're never stimulating your parasympathetic parasympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system you're just so sympathetically driven um and that's why you know his heart resting heart rate's higher his blood pressure's higher you know every, everything everything that sort of settles you down for a good night of sleep is not there um yeah. and to the, the the degree of what how you think about it is going to influence the quality of your your rest and your recovery so i think as, as bodybuilders you probably being able to flick that switch a little bit more into that sort of relaxed state is going to be pretty pivotal for you to be able to progress these these big big moves and i've always thought about it like i've always thought about trying to ask like powerlifters like how how do you manage to control this sort of like external stimulus of thinking about your lifts because their whole sport is numbers driven if they don't pull a number they don't win and I think what our mindsets as bodybuilders with these big lifts is starting to switch towards like, if I don't pull a number, I'm not going to have a good back, <laughs> which is crazy pressure on yourself. Uh, you know, rightfully so. Some of these movements do offer bang for the buck, but sometimes it's a little too much. Yeah. And I, this, this is the only movement that, that, that I do it with. I don't do it with any other movement at all. I don't think. No. Maybe no, sometimes with sure. a squat. Yeah. But uh, with the deadlift, it is literally just, yeah, like mm. uh, so much stuff runs through my head. I remember on prep as well, the Cybex hack. That was one where I had to, sometimes I would sit there for about 20 minutes having to kind of psych myself up to go and do that. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're in prep, I was like, because I know it was going to absolutely bury me. Um, and I just sat and I got to the point where I'm just sitting here and I'm just overcomplicating things in my head and I should have just gone in done it, got off, moved on sure. and not worried about it too much. But the way I was just thinking and worrying about it too much took away from the enjoyment of doing it and just upset about dropping numbers, really. Sure. And I knew it was going to happen. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's quite I think ridiculous that. one of my tips, if someone is listening to this, one of our two listeners. Which would be you. Yeah. <laughs> um, is to sort of think about trying to rationalize what's going to happen in your next day before you go to bed. So like thinking about doing a bit of journaling and just like writing down some things in a notepad or on a whiteboard. I find it especially important when I've got a lot on the next day, like when I've got a lot of different tasks to do, especially if it involves like going in and out of the house and picking up things or, you know, doing this or that appointment, this, this appointment, that, um, like just planning out your day in the notes section on your laptop or your phone or in your, on just a notepad helps massively um, mm. because then you go to bed without all of these things in your head. Um, so even if it's like the fact that you just want to deadlift something off the floor, like write down deadlift this off the floor to like, and then just pile it in your to-do list. And then once it's in your to-do list, like just forget about it and then just start the process of thinking about it about an hour out from your session. Um, yeah. Like when you're an hour out from your session, you actually want to start stimulating that, that sympathetic drive. You don't want to be stimulating it like 24 hours before because you're just, again, you'll just conk yourself out big time. Um, mm. So, and also like I sometimes find that the best sessions are those where you don't necessarily go in with a crazy expectation. You just think, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just deadlifting today. Um, and you just sort of like take the pressure away a little bit 
um, think less about the numbers and just 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 pull, just pull because you enjoy it, um, just deadlift because you enjoy it. And I think sometimes they end up being a better session. But mm, that's yeah. that's one thing which I forget about is the remember why you you train as well. Of course, you want to build muscle, but but I enjoy training as well, and I, that's why I sometimes forget. Like I'm here to enjoy myself. I'm here to kind of express you know my, myself as well. Yes. and how much I can lift or whatever it may be. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, like I, I really do just generally forget that like if, if, if I miss a rep or miss something, it's not the end of the world. But in my mind, it is the end of the world. Yeah, really. Sure. When, when the session, like like the other week, I, I didn't get what I wanted on deadlifts. I, I determined, like, the session's already done uh, for me. But yeah. I know it weren't going to be any, any, anywhere, anywhere above a six or a seven. Yeah, just from that the one same. set, that's I put, the, I put the session rating in the book after the deadlifts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Why do we do that? <laughs> Why? Why the rest of the that? session have progressed everything. <laughs> yeah, that was the exact same as me, pretty much. And just that one set, I was like, nah, six out of seven. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And I was just putting the yeah. note, deadlift shit. <laughs> yeah, literally. Waste of time. The session, the rest <laughs> of the session just doesn't count. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very, very difficult. Anyway, moving on to sort of like away from training a little bit, how's things with, with nutrition on your end at the moment? I know that last week was a pretty decent week in terms of, I think you only had like one meal out or something. So how are things, yeah. how are things now? So, are you feeling like less food focused and stuff? Yeah, so, so each week I'm, I'm getting better. Um, the food focus is there, but I, I can manage it a lot more better than what I was doing previously. Like within like the first couple of weeks post show, you know, I was having pretty, something pretty much every day. Not mm. crazy amounts, but I was having just something a little bit every single day, and then it slowly kind of tailed off to maybe three times a week, four times a week, down to like one or two. And now, like I'm just at one, um, mm. and I'm not bothered if I don't have anything at all. Um, and that's just I knew that would come with time because what I do is I get bored of it. I do that with cardio. I do that with output in general. So post-show, I knew I ate a little bit more. What I'll do next day is I would just do a little bit more. Normally, it would be a little bit more output yeah. just to kind of compensate. I wouldn't reduce my food because I was very food-focused. But eventually, each and every week, I was just thinking, I can't be bothered to just go on a Stairmaster for 20 minutes. What's the point? I can't be bothered to go out and do 20,000 steps. Same with kind of now food. I, like, it just doesn't bother me as much. Um, yes, I could you give me a burger, I'll absolutely smash it, whatever. But I'm not, oh my God, I need one now, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just got a lot more better now. And I'm just sticking to, right, if I, if I do have something off plan, that, that's fine. I don't need to have it like, like what I had before is I need to have this. I need to satisfy myself. But if I do have that meal off plan, then I'm, I'm fine with it. It's, it's, it's no issue at all now, if that makes sense. So it's, it's slowly but surely getting better. Um, I knew that I would run into issues before because I have done that before, like post diets, what I've done in the past. I've kind of ate a little bit more and kind of done this yo-yo sort of effect. And I did tell you that I was like, mate, I'm going to be eating off plan. And I know that I'm going to, you know, that I'd have been doing more cardio, more output and yeah. in general. Uh, but right now I'm in a position where I'm, I'm quite content with what I'm doing. With what I'm doing. Um, and I knew it would just take a little bit of time and, I know I just get bored of that quite easily and just move on from it. So yeah, all in a good spot with, with nutrition. Good. Obviously we added what, 25 gram of carbs and 10 fat on a train day, didn't we? Yeah, it was only um, a small, small change, but enough yeah. to, to bring calories up a little bit and also give you a little bit more room 
with the fats because they were they were you know quite low on a training day for a while you know i think they were they 50 for a while at training days yeah 50. yeah especially when you're having like 525 gram of carbs uh, low fats well. low fats for sure fats fats are quite low um and i'm not like i know some people are quite scared to go over like 50 grams on a training day but i'm not you know i'm not bothered about having a higher fat intake yeah. on a on a train day at all i'm quite content with that it works quite well with me. i feel i still feel quite good mm. um i don't like when of course when fats are really low you just feel awful oh awful. Um, yeah especially awful. when you are lean and fats are low it's you feel even even worse i think the lowest i went was like 25 and i did that for like two or three days wow. it's like no i can't i can't can't hack it um it, like it's my my ability to function was just completely gone i just couldn't do anything for some reason i it yeah. seemed to just switch off my any sort of like neurotransmitter in my brain and just couldn't i just couldn't do anything and i felt like every meal i ate i was like hyperglycemic it was just the reaction was awful because obviously every meal because of the trace fats from carbohydrates every meal was basically just trace fats trace fats, yeah. trace fats and carbs were you know decently high and when you're very lean you're very insulin sensitive it's just like this sort of rebound effect every meal and I just felt so mm. shit. Um, just an extra little bit of fat here and there, especially in the pre-workout meal, goes such a long way. Really, really does. Yeah. Um, sure, definitely. Weird, weird question on fat, actually. It's like, obviously with your fats being pretty low, like for the majority of the prep, when you came yeah. out of when you came out of the show and also like in the, in the sort of the stage in which you were lean and pretty food focused, were you craving... Yeah foods that typically were much higher fat like were you craving fattier foods or did you just crave just sort of sugary foods what were you more craving at the, at the time in all honesty, probably more of the fattier the more saturated fat the more grease the more bit more of that a bit of a bit of dirt instead of like the the sugary side of things because you know when i finished prep i was still on like three thousand calories so i wasn't for sure eating poverty calories at all right. but i just wanted that 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 dense bit of grease going into my body almost yeah um if that's how i can word it but no definitely definitely the fat side of things yeah it's really what i wanted it's really interesting that because like i i was kind of the same definitely in one of my preps i remember i was like just craving like weird things like cheese and chocolate and like yeah anything that wasn't in my current diet because i think my body was just like you know, you need a little bit more dietary fat here, bud. Like, get some yeah. more in. But um, yeah, I think sort of 2017 prep, I was, and your next prep will probably be even more like this, but I was like, I, I knew what to expect. So the food focus was just generally lower and I didn't have as much sort of, you know, quote unquote cravings. Obviously I wanted more, but I think during that prep, I just was like more craving more food of the same things I was having because I knew that that would translate into more energy. And the thing that I was kind of like craving the most was just, just the energy. Um, but uh, one thing that I actually do miss about prep, I'm not sure how much your pattern has changed, but my sleeping pattern, like right now, I just don't like it. I don't like the way that I sleep um, because I go to bed quite late out of just being tired enough to go to sleep. And mm. I wake up like sort of 8 a.m., I don't really like waking up at 8 a.m. I'd rather wake up at 6 or 7 and be – I've always loved the idea, and I'm sure you're the same, but I've always loved the idea of, like, 
doing loads of stuff before people have even woken up. I love yeah. being ahead of the game. I fucking love that feeling. When I wake up at eight, honestly, deep down, I feel fucking lazy as shit. And it gets my day off to like a start that I don't like. Like I'd rather be up at like, you know, Thorburn time and, you know, doing this, doing that. But like, one, I don't have a reason to because I'm not doing cardio at 4.30. Sorry, Jack. Um, but <laughs> I'm also like, I just, uh, no, no disrespect to anyone, but I, I can't, I can't get up at that time. Like my body just doesn't wake me up at that time. Something yeah. that I, I loved about prep was your body's like an absolute machine, like wakes up on time and yeah, your sleep's not the best quality towards the end, but middle part of prep, wake up on time, you get up, you know, you start your day off with something that's, you know, for you, like steps or cardio and you feel like you're starting on a high straight away. And I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I kind of miss that. Has your pattern changed already? Do you think like you, are you getting up you know, sort of later or are you still in quite a good routine? Like what's your routine like at the moment? Yeah. So my, obviously when I was, when I was on prep, I was getting up at about six, half five, some days yeah. I don't do my cardio. And now I'm getting up. It's, it's got like I said like this morning I actually got up at seven which is very rare for me I'm getting up at eight yeah. I don't even set an alarm right now I just I, sleep, I wake up at eight yeah. and yeah I feel like fuck like sometimes when I wake have you ever woken up and you think fuck 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 you're like rushing about you're panicking you think I don't really actually need to do much because I can do it throughout the day totally fine yeah. but you're panicking like fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck I need to go do this do that and I'm thinking George, you don't need to go and do that, mate. You you can get it done throughout the whole entire day. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm waking up at eight. But in, in honesty, mate, like uh, with the prep, I, I love the routine of of you know, like you said, get, getting shit done before people are even woken up. Like I love the fact that I used to go and do cardio, sweat my bollocks off, come out and the fresh air, the sun was glazing in my eyes. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good day. Um, and now I'm to the point where you know I I, I can't get up at half six seven. I need sleep. <laughs> I, I need to recover because yeah. I, I know if I get up like this morning I got up at six uh, seven sorry I felt fucking dreadful even though I got like seven eight hours sleep <laughs> I felt awful I felt awful yeah because I, I, I need like now I'm in a gaining phase I just need that sleep yeah uh, whereas in a prep I can kind of get away I, I was like if my if I woke up like half an hour 45 minutes before my alarm I was just like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna get up yeah. Because I know that I'm not going to go to sleep. But when I, if I see the time and it's like half six, I'm like, fuck, I'm going back to sleep. I'm going to try and stay into bed to a particular time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very similar with that. Um, but no, I've I found as I've got f further away from prep, my sleep has been, been getting up later and later. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. Um, I think I kept, I tried to hold on to it because I, I love that routine. I tried to hold on to it for ages. I did like, like I still kept in like my morning treadmill walks and something that you've done is like you've kept in your walk and then that's really, really good. Obviously yeah. you have the, the doggo to walk and things like that, which is great. And I think uh, when Barney's big enough to be able to be outside and walking um, that will convince me sort of get that, get that routine going. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, we're saying that, you know, get up at eight and you feel lazy. I know, I've, I've 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 worked with clients that get up at like fucking ten, eleven, and and like a lot of like the uni I'm sure you've been friends with people in the university lifestyle, which get up like halfway through the day and then work until one a.m. in the morning and just do that every day. I don't know how they do it and how they do that. It's just crazy. 
that was like me in my first year at uni. I used to go to bed like three, four o'clock in the morning, oh. wake up at like two in the afternoon. In my, mm-hmm. I did, that was only my first year. Yeah. But I, I couldn't do that now. It made me feel like terrible. I woke up at two o'clock and I was like, oh, the day's pretty much right, especially in the wintertime now when it's, you know, the sun's going down by like two o'clock already. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, it's the end of the day, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll just, you know, this day's ended anyway. So I'll just go <laughs> do football. I go into routine and it's just so, it's just so unhealthy. So unhealthy. So unhealthy. Um, but no, uh, I do have, a, obviously still have the routine with taking the dog and stuff like that. I, I always do that every single morning. First yeah. thing, yeah. I'll do work for, for half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour, or how long it takes me. Okay. And I'll always make sure I take, take the dog for a walk every day. Okay. That's a big game changer for me. For so sure. you just like, so you just clear out your initial bits of work that sort of come in late at night and stuff. And then, you, and then you go for the walk. Yeah. 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 So I don't, cause there's nothing worse for me than like going on a walk and knowing I have to go back and do my work. Cause what I do at the moment, my routine is get up, do my check-ins, take the dog for a walk, make my pre-workout. If I need to do another check-in during, after eating my pre-workout, I will do, then yeah. I'll go to the gym. But I like to kind of almost get my work done in the morning, first thing, take the dog for a walk, then it's my time. Then when I'm done after the gym, I can respond to, to check-ins and stuff like that because there's nothing worse than someone get you getting a message when whilst you're training and they're trying to need advice and stuff like that. And you're thinking, fuck, I'm trying to train it, mate, and you're wanting all this advice. I just try and like to get that all out of the way and just kind of focus those three or four hours to myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, How have you found it's hard to do? Have you found like consistently training relatively early? Do you do you, do you now really really like it? And you feel like it's good. I, that was the biggest game changer towards my sleep. Yeah, my my sleep is is the best it's ever been. Keeping my training as far away as possible from my um, bedtime. From my training, yeah, bedtime. Sorry, um, and it allows me to, for example, if I'm going to have a pre workout or any caffeine, I'll have it. You know, like midday. And by the time I go to bed, it's pretty much out of my system, which is yeah. quite nice. Um, and I can just wind down throughout, like, throughout the night sort of thing. And that's, that's been my biggest game changer. Because when I used to train, although I used to train, um, like, I used to train about four or five o'clock in the evening. And I'd get home and I, 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 me trying to fall asleep wouldn't be good. But that's been my biggest change. I'm trying to see if I can fit in like two meals. Because what I do is I, I have one meal before I train. But yeah. now I'm trying to see if I can actually fit a meal in at like seven. I don't really like eating too early. I don't know why. Like I can, like I wake up, I'm starving, hungry, but I refuse to eat till about 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Same. And then I'll have one meal, but I'm trying to see if I can actually get two meals in before I train and see whether I feel a little bit more better. Yeah. Cause I'm getting to a point now where I've had one meal and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm fucking starving. Um, and I just don't want to be backloading too many calories towards the end of the day. I just want to be going to bed quite settled and not having to worry about having like two meals in a space of like three hours, which you for me, shoot, I just hate you doing. in the foot with sleep after that because you just start yeah. going to bed with a full stomach and that you may as well have trained later. So, um, yeah, I think two meals would be good pre-training. Like you could eat it, even if you ate at eight and then ate again at, you know, 11 or something like that, you know, that would still work pretty well. Eight, even like, even eight and half ten, you know, still work all right, even if the meal at eight was like fairly light on your stomach. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I tend to train at the moment at like sort of mm, one, two ish, but I'm in a yeah. bit of a, I'm in a bit of a way at the moment where I like to like get a certain amount of work done pre-training. 
so that when I get back, I know that I've got not much to do because I kind of like the feeling of not having much to do when I get back. But I think when I prep, that will soon change to the routine that I ran during prep, which was basically if you check in after the point at which I've gone to the gym, I'll just get back to you tomorrow. And then that whole routine of waking up early becomes massively beneficial because I've got work from the previous night to do straight away. So I, yeah. I wake up and I have immediate, I have immediate check-ins that needed to be responded to last night and I just get at them all in the morning. So I have like one, two, three, four, five, whatever, knock them all down, take Barney out, then do a couple of the ones that came in on that day and the ones that come in after training, cool. You'll just get used to having them, you know, come the next morning, which in the grand scheme of things, unless someone's got an immediately urgent question, it's not a problem. They're only going to wait an extra 12 hours to see their changes. By the time they're up in the morning, they'll have their feedback in their WhatsApp anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, that's the that way. That was the same as me. Yeah. On prep. I cut, I had a cut off of like, I said to my client, look, you send it after half three or three o'clock, then you'll get it back tomorrow. But you send it before, I'll make sure I'll get it back to you on that day. And yeah. uh, most people respond to that quite well and got it over to me first thing in the morning, which is, uh, or the night before, which is always handy. Um, instead of kind of sending it over like 10 and expecting feedback at 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, nah. Yeah. At first I was like that. I was like, right. When uh, I used to get feedback, I'm like, right, I'm going to respond straight away. I was just thinking, no, George, I'm not going to do that. Like they send it over at 10 o'clock. Yeah. I remember in Birmingham you're doing like feedbacks at like 11 o'clock. Yeah. I said, yeah, I don't know why. Um, become a lot more like not harsh but a lot more because you, you have to stand your own ground like if someone sends in their check-in late professionalism mate yeah 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 i can't like with clients like if they send me if they tell me their check-ins are going to be late that's fine if, as long as you tell me yeah i've no issues at all but if you just say you're going to check in on wednesday but you send it to me on friday then i can't change my schedule around so you can get your feedback to you because other people are checking in on time yeah it's your responsibility for me I, as a client the, the rule should always be if you don't check in on your check-in day and you don't let the coach know, you go bottom to the list on the day that you have now checked in because all the clients are checking on their right day deserve the normal length of or sort of feedback, sort of length in terms of getting back to them. And then the person that's checked in randomly on an extra day and hasn't told you why, just goes to the bottom of the list, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. But um, unless it's very urgent, it's a prep and there's a legitimate reason. And that's the way that things should work. For sure. Um, so, yeah, should we... Do you want to answer some questions? questions? Yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, we should. All right. I think uh, we're almost at an hour anyway, but we'll just keep going for a little bit. Have we? Christ. Potentially. Uh, let's try. Oh, My yeah. inbox is just absolutely like some cataclysmic levels of heart faces and inboxes about dogs yeah so far i've got 24 messages i haven't read <laughs> oh, mate. oh god bad. bad news isn't it yeah uh, oh fuck i was on it then um so question number one is x our oh, christmas present for the missus Daddy don't watch these, does she? Or does uh, she? she? She is downstairs. I'm not sure whether she can hear me. Um, no, nah, I don't think she'll watch this. But uh, So I, we're not allowed to get each other's holidays. So 
that's the definite off the cards because obviously I'm prepping next year. So usually what we do is we get like each other like little bits and then mm. we'd get, then I, I like last year I got her the trip to Vienna. Um, so I got, I think I got like some little like clothes and bits like leggings and things like that. Like nice yeah. leggings that like 50 quid each kind of thing that you wouldn't, she wouldn't usually buy unless she really wanted a pair. Um, so she like really likes like the Alphalete ones and the Rider Wear ones. So probably something like that. And then I don't know, really, to be honest, like because we're at a point now where, you know, if you, if you really want something, you just sort of like go out and get it yourself. I know that seems yeah. a bit sad, but we're at an age where, you know, and luckily uh, a level of income where, you know, you can sort of, if you really, really would like something, you just get it yourself. Um, like recently, like with my, you know, iMac, I could could have said to her, oh, could you get me an iMac? But the thing is, it's, it's also like a very fucking expensive gift. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a bit, it's a bit greedy. So I'd mm. rather just like, I, I sort of said to myself that this was my Christmas gift to me. Um mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's just like, you know, little bits. And I think also it's like, you know, when it's like that and people can sort of get their own gifts, just it's like being thoughtful. So, like, even if it's a little thing, it's not a lot, not very expensive. It's very thoughtful and it shows yeah. that you've like actually thought about it. And that's important. Um, yeah. So, yeah. What about you, mate? Well, my girlfriend's Muslim, so she don't celebrate Christmas, so it's cheap and cheerful oh, for me. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I dated her, no, I'm joking. Um, if I had to get a present, it, I don't know. Fuck. I haven't actually. What did I get for a birthday? Oh, Christ. Hang at the bottom. <laughs> I don't know. I bought a Christmas present. Uh, she got me vans last year because I needed a pair of vans. So we were all right like that. Like, we don't really want we don't really it's just the little things she appreciates the little things more yeah, than yeah, so. you know if i spent thousands and thousands on her she she probably would be like a bunch of flowers i get her sometimes she just really appreciates that yeah it's just a thought you know yeah yeah but um i yeah if i if i spent a lot of money on danny like she wouldn't be happy with me so um she'd be like why the hell have you done this <laughs> hmm. uh, uh, I've got so many questions on about thoughts on the um, the election uh, results. Well, you got any thoughts? <laughs> it's not really hard to understand why it's gone that way, is it? Because, like, Danny was saying this in the car to me. Like, the, the fact is, a lot of the people that do vote do vote are the people that have very strong attachments to the 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 statements that that these parties are putting out so like you know the, yeah. the strong statement of of you know brexit the strong statement of the you know, the nhs privatization etc it's like that's why a lot of these people vote and you know like you said in your video you know the area you're in surrounded by old people that are very sort of like you know driven towards those yeah driven towards those principles like get them out kind of thing <laughs> they're all, oh, it's such like that. They're all for, <laughs> they're all for that, and obviously, like I think the oldest, I wouldn't mind seeing what what like percentage of young people voted, but versus percentage of like you know over forty or over fifty, I mm. I almost guarantee that like the over over fifty bunch would be a higher 
higher percentage than the sort of 20 what is it is it 21 you can vote i think so uh i think i think so it might be a little bit younger you know because i think i uh i'm not sure actually when did when did we vote for brexit because i fucking know i don't remember mate i don't don't know that knows, um, but yeah, <laughs> comments saying you're fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a fair few to be fair. You just uh, keep going your end, I can bring mine up in a bit, but I don't because I just get distracted by DMs. Uh, upper limit body fat percentage during a bulk, male and female. Um, well, we know that you're not going to ever really measure body fat percentage that accurately. Mm. So it's more so going like by um, by visual and also by the goal. So like, let's say, you know, so for example, like Grace, one of my clients, she's obviously just competed this year. Her next goal is to step on stage in 2021. So now we know her stage weight, then you just got to work between a stage weight and what's a realistic sort of place for her to really perform well. Stay at that sort of hover between, you know, place to perform well and then, you know, in, intermittently diet to get a little bit leaner and then resensitize and push back up again. And then obviously set up her prep for the year after. So she can't get too heavy because then she won't be able to prep effectively in 2021. So, mm. and, and also, you know, for like visually, it's like for, for males, it tends to be when, you know, we're starting to see like, you know, body fat accrue in areas that just look, it just looks like really significant body fat is starting to accrue. Like if for some females, for some females and males, it could be sort of the lower back and the love handles area. It could be, it could be the midsection, the abdominals where you can really sort of start to grab body fat and it starts to feel very sort of significant. Um, Mm. Don't assess this when you're still sort of like in that poor body image state that you are sort of post diet or post prep, because you'll start to think that everything's significant when it really isn't. Um, uh, but I think you know, if, if, you, if you're talking like true percentages and you're like measuring yourself on a DEX or something, then maybe, maybe females like 20% and maybe males 15, 16 something percent realistically. Um, and that's probably an average guess if you're wanting a percentage. You'd probably agree yeah. with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I wouldn't really go off percentages myself because, like, you know, we've had Dexter Sands and what, I was like, what, 12%, something like that? I can't remember. No, I can't remember what I was now. Yeah. I don't know. I go more of a visual look myself and depending on what the goal, like you mentioned, like for yourself, you don't want to be doing a 50-pound prep. No. You don't want to be doing that. So it depends on where you are, what is the goal and just visually like you mentioned yeah i agree with everything you said i don't really have much else to add to that cool uh where am i at um oh, i've got a good question here actually so it's from l wallard nbb let's see if he's actually got a name oh i can't see hold on i can't see oh, no, i can't see so yeah l l wallard um if you could spend the day as any celebrity or athlete who would it be and why Oh. oh, who would you go for? Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'd spend the day and it would have to be like the the day of the, I don't know, maybe it'd be the British Grand Prix or something like Abu Dhabi or something like that. But I'd spend the day as Lewis Hamilton. 
I, I was just, thinking that, you know. I just want to see. I, was, I just want to see how much of a fucking boss it feels like to be him. Mm. I, I'm, I was going to say that, believe it or not, <laughs> or Anthony Joshua. I was going to say Anthony Joshua because oh, one, yeah. he's good looking, he can fight, he's very lovable, he can like so much money, yeah, and just knocking someone out would be great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd probably be Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. actually, like I think I've got to say this as well, but I wouldn't mind spending the day as JP. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd just yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. do everything. I I think I'd I think I'd row. I'd I'd deadlift. I'd shoulder press. Oh, imagine shoulder pressing! I'd just like boom. Yeah, I'd just do a day of one RMs. Yeah, I'd just yeah, do a whole day of one. How much can I barbell row with one rep? <laughs> I'd barbell row for a, a double, shoulder press for a triple. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Effective, effectiveness of the supersets to hit different muscles. It's not really... Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. Effectiveness of supersets to hit different muscles. <laughs> well, they're effective to hit different muscles because you can use different exercises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christ. Superset some stuff to target different muscles. Yes, correct. Um, if you didn't, from Hamza, if you didn't not compete, what weight would you both stay at? What weight? Yeah. What uh, body weight? I'd probably be. What like? I'd give probably around context. Like right now. I'd probably be right. To be fair, right now. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not yeah. not to the point where I'm too fat. Not to the point where I'm too lean. I'm in a position where I feel quite healthy. I can do day to day tasks quite comfortably. Sure. Um, I'm still quite fit. Yeah. Uh, I still can batter the stairmaster quite well. Uh, yeah, probably, I'd probably say right where I am right now, in all honesty. Yeah, I think the important thing is also to mention that you want to maybe stay at where you are right now, but without all the prep fatigue. Because yeah. I think you'd look better right now on like the way down or if you'd held this weight for a long time, then you'd look right now at this weight because you've yeah. still like got prep fatigue and the weird body weight distribution and things like that. So I, I'd be the same because when I was like the weight that I, I'd say on the way back up, I looked really shit. But when I was on the yeah. way down, I looked all right. So I'd say around about 165, 166, which is literally where you are, isn't it? So I'd yeah, literally about there. So it's about sort of 15 to 20 pounds of my stage weight. Mm. I think I'd feel good enough in the gym to be pretty strong. Not crazy strong, but pretty strong. And aesthetically, I'd be really happy looking at myself every day. Um, whereas right now, I'm like, fuck me. Some days I wake up, if I've had a bit too much sodium, I look like an absolute cloud. Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, do I really have to face the music today with this? Um, mm. <laughs> there's worse things in life that can happen than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, that was one of, uh, that's led to me asking you a question about, like, obviously, you've pushed up to, you know, 190, 195. What have you noticed since pushing? Because I remember you. T I remember you saying like a year ago or so, like you wouldn't go up to that point. Oh, um, I was wrong. <laughs> what What does it feel like? So, what What is it like for you right now? Like, um, what have you? What What's different about being one ninety, one ninety five compared to when you was, let's say, one seventy, one seventy five? Sure. So the general day to day sort of sluggishness and feelings of like this body weight is not is not nice to carry, it's quite prevalent. 
So not that I'm out of breath all the time or anything like that, but I just feel like not as much of an efficient human as I do at like yeah. 170 um, or like, you know, good sort of 20 pounds. When I came down to see you and I was in that mini car, I felt really, I felt really, really good then. Um, besides the fact that I was on quite low calories, if I was on like normal calories, like maintenance calories at that body weight, I'd feel mint. Um, mm. but still pretty strong. Um, de- like decently strong, like jawline there, you know, de- like just, just look decent, feel decent. Um, yeah. and I like find myself feeling quite sleepy during the day. Um, especially after eating, like, I feel quite sleepy. I feel, yeah. um, having to push the food quite significantly. I feel quite nauseous, uh, not crazily so, but Sometimes, like last night when I went to bed, like I'd ate quite a big meal before bed. It's a bad, bad option. Like one of the biggest things you can do when you're at this stage is to eat a quite a low volume meal pre-bed. Like the best thing to be eating is something like granola because it just doesn't sit in your stomach. But I had a, a higher volume meal, not like oats or anything, but I think it was a wrap and some rice and some beef. And like, mate, I felt so sick. I felt really, really fucking sick. And... Um, and it's just like I can tell that the food's just not being accepted well by my body. This is only like the last sort of month or so, by the way, because I wouldn't have pushed it for this long if I'd felt like this for that long. Um, but I know half of this, I, I need to let the muscle almost like marinate for a little bit. I can't just drop into a deficit. I'm a big fan of like holding a body weight and letting the muscle, the muscle sort of like, like I say, like marinate sort of like, come on because you uh, when you get to a body weight you don't suddenly have all the muscle that you should have at that weight you almost got to like earn the body weight a little bit more and obviously you've still got like lots of stored body fat to be used as energy towards that muscle gain process anyway so yeah yeah you're not maybe as efficient as you would be in a in a true surplus but right now i don't need to gain any more weight so mm. hovering is the best option um but yeah, like a little bit more nauseous and then a little bit more nauseous in the mornings when I wake up sometimes I feel a little bit sick. Um, and I saw something Daniel Park put up the other day, like someone tagged him in something and he was like, oh, you better get used to like having your head over the toilet after every meal. And I was like, fuck me, is that really how you felt? Because like, yeah. I, I, I can understand probably how he felt now because if I feel like relatively sick at this weight, and I'm pushing a decent amount of food. I can't imagine how bad he felt. He must have felt like he was going to spew up every meal because, you know, your body starts to just say, nah, no thanks. Mm. Um, uh, I'm just looking forward to the efficiency of my body returning a little bit when I get, get into a deficit. Um, I think Steve Hall's, Steve Hall's been suffering quite a bit of nausea as well. I think it's, yeah. I think it's a bit more deep-rooted for him, unfortunately. But... Um, I think he's been struggling with quite a lot of nauseous symptoms and uh, he's been pushing for a while as well. So I think it just kind of comes as part of the mm. process to a degree. I've, I've noticed that when I get to, I suppose this was when I was at uni, when I used to push up like 184, 185, which is a heavy fucking weight for me yeah. that was at the time. My digestion would just go to absolute shit. <laughs> My digestion. Like, every, everything I used to eat would just go straight through me in half an hour of time. Yeah, and it was just not quite that bad. Um, but I, 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 I was really bad. Better the next time you get there. I'm pretty sure it will. Mm. 
Because like, good tactics were you doing for digestion at that point? Like, were you chewing your food really well? Were you making good food options? Uh, oh, ter- like I, what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to do a food challenge. Not food challenge, but what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to do a, f- a full day of eating, but I'm going to eat my university diet. And I watched yeah. one of my videos the other day. First thing in the morning, protein powder, oats, banana, peanut butter, two eggs, blend it, drink it. <laughs> I used to have that post... I always have that post-workout as well. Oh, and I was like, makes me want to be sick, mate. I used to make protein pancakes out of it as well. Awful, awful. <laughs> and just shit, and just shit it out straight away. Literally, I'll be on the toilet about five minutes after that. It'd be awful, <laughs> horrendous. Oh no, that's not good, man. Malabsorption. Shit, yeah. And I used to talk about post-workout. Getting the calories in you, the calories was having a. I was like doing a Nathan Beck and having a fat scoop of uh, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Those workout. Oh, so fucking pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, those are the days. Um, but yeah, my digestion used to go absolutely just terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine's 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 not woeful, but it's not 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 the best for sure. Okay. Well, I got one more. So. Okay. Slowly reverse dieting or increase calories 200 to 500 surplus immediately. Lean bulk, no fat. <laughs> Lean bulk, no fat. <laughs> Lean bulk, no fat. Lean bulk, no fat. So, uh, well, first of all, you're going to be the first human on earth to, to be able to gain muscle tissue at the cost of no body fat. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, to be able to be in a position to, to add some new muscle tissue, you must admit that you're going to gain some body fat like you can minimize the body fat you gain of course but you're not going to be able to gain none um 200 calories where is he coming from with this like reverse diet is he coming from like did he say where he's coming from did he say he was coming from a show or a prep or no i'm guessing it no i'm guessing it's just from a a dieting phase something like that should we reverse or should we just bump the calories up it depends how fast you want to get to the goal. Like, if you actually want to get to the goal of gaining new muscle and being able to recover well and progressing your lifts mm. efficiently, then raise your calories faster than 200 because you've just been in a deficit. 200 calories is most likely not going to put you in even maintenance. So mm. all you're doing is just this is why when people add in like you know 25 carb or a fucking rice cake a day to the diet in the reverse, it's like this is magical. Like. I'm adding food and I'm not gaining weight. I'm like, no, no shit. So you're just bridging the gap between what was a deficit to now maintenance and then to a surplus. Mm. So yeah. you want to like, if you want to gain muscle, then you've got to get into the environment to do so. So get your calories up to at least maintenance or perceived mm. maintenance. You probably yeah. won't even gain weight. Well, you won't gain weight on that if it is true maintenance because you, you don't have the caloric equation. You don't have the energy balance to do so. And you probably drop off some water weight from this, the stress that you had through the lower calorie phase anyway. Um, you can sort of add from there. And that's a relatively foolproof way to do it. And usually you can add probably anywhere between 800 and 1,000 calories and be able to get away with it. So two, 200 calories, if you did that every week, you know, waste a month before you even start fucking gaining. Yeah. When you, waste, when you wasted a month, it's a long time. It's a long time to waste. Mm. I see that happen quite a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, I think, I think a lot of the time when you do a mini diet and I've even had this issue before, when you do a mini diet, you tend to get attached to being a little leaner and you like the way that you look 
and you add food very gradually and your weight stays similar and you're like, this is a win. When in reality, is it a win? Is it a win? Because, mm. you know, are you really maximizing your next stage to, to add more muscle? Or are you just yeah. sort of hovering around a body composition that's favorable for the, you know, for the, for the gram yeah. or, or, you know, for, for your own sort of satisfaction. It's hard though. And I understand it's hard. I didn't, I didn't, when I sort of finished the mini diet this year, I didn't want to push the 190 again, but I, I, I did. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I've got nothing really to add to that. I think you're spot on with it. Cool. So I've, I've, I've been in that situation as well where I've fluffed about by adding like 25 grams of carbs mm. um, and that body weight just keeps dropping and you just keep adding more keeps dropping adding more and you just think fuck it you know what let's just add a ridiculous and not a ridiculous amount but let's add just more yeah. instead of just 25 grams and bam the body weight goes up and I think fuck we should have just done that in the first place how do you think you'd have handled post-show if you'd have not had like myself in your corner do you think you'd have do you think do you think you'd have done like a really like really slow try to do it really slow or and, and not ended up gaining enough and been restrictive on social events, or do you think you'd have been a little bit too much overboard? Like, let's say you didn't have any accountability, like you had no coach and you didn't have uh, the following that you have on your social media. Do you think you'd have been more inclined to go really hard and like, you know, gain a little bit too much? Like, what do you think would have happened? I don't think so. I think I would have stayed probably too, relatively lean. Too lean. Because um, I, yeah, I'd have been too lean still because I got to a point of where I was so lean for I don't even know how many weeks. Like I was like had a real like shredded glutes for quite a long time, and I I I know when I finished prep, I didn't want to let that go. Yeah, almost, and that's probably what I would have done is I probably would have just pissed around by eating more, um, then doing a shit ton of steps, shit ton of cardio to kind of balance it out. Um, that, that's typical George style. Yeah. And then I'll get bored of it and go, fuck it, let's just start gaining weight. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I would have done in total honesty. I would have gained, because I'm not, luckily I've never been that type of person where I've, you know, post uh, dieting or post prep, I, I gain a ridiculous amount. I'm not that type of person to do that because I'm quite strong with that type of stuff. Like my willpower is quite strong. Um, and I won't like I won't I won't just go off the rails and gain forty pounds within a couple of weeks. That's not yeah. me. I don't do that. Mm. Especially when I've worked really hard to to get to where I was. And you don't want to blow it, do you? Uh, to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, that's what I would have probably done. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what I would have expected. To be honest, I'm not mm. too surprised by that one. Uh, <laughs> Shock. But yeah, cool. I think. Yeah. Pretty much leave it there. I think we've been recording for Muspin at least an hour. We don't, we don't really know the time on these things because you can't, <laughs> can't see, we can't see mm. how long. But I think it's been over an hour. So uh, we'll yeah. leave it here for this week. And uh, as always, guys, thank you very much for watching. Thank you to our our sponsors. Um, <laughs> well, oh, we don't have any at the moment. Yeah, so if anyone <laughs> feels like sponsoring the podcast, yeah. Uh, that's that's absolutely fine i mean you can be little or large we'll be happy to take you on and uh and uh spread spread some good word of good companies if uh, anyone wants uh, to get in so if you have anyone and we use their products then uh then send them our send them our way especially blue yeah. light blocker companies <laughs> yeah because don't need wonky fucking things cheap shit <laughs> all right then cool guys um speech in the next one
See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.